Welcome to the reproduce wow, great start there. Welcome to the reproducibility podcast season two. Exciting episode today. We have Sam. Hello, I'm I'm here. <laughs> and we have me. I'm Will. Um, so I'm Will from the University of Chicago, and just want to acknowledge that Chicago, uh, the lands of the Miami, Kickapoo, Peoria, and Potawatomi nations. Uh, Sam, do you want to say where you're from? What you're I doing? I really like the acknowledgements. I feel like being from the UK and currently being in the Netherlands, I feel like there should be almost the kind of compliment of, yeah, we're the people that caused that issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I ex- some kind of acknowledgement of that as well. It's not quite the same, but... No, that, yeah. I think that's valid. <laughs> we, we, we did bad stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but where, where are you now? What are you doing, I guess? Um, so I am currently bouncing between the usual postdoc stuff of having a surprise presentation to give in a couple of weeks uh analyzing playing with stuff yep. viewing or, yep. or just just no, everything life. at once that's it's like a phd but somehow different Con- like yeah like constrained within three weeks you're like oh yeah right i meant to do all these things by this deadline oh well okay <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much i will say i'm getting better at saying no uh, I am not. I have like four peer reviews on my desk right now. I don't know why I did that. It's because we're so intrinsically rewarded uh, in the academias by reviewing. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so it, it paves so our where, way to do as many. Yeah. How how possible. how do we get how do we get uh, reward or recognition for our peer reviews, Sam? Ooh, how how, how do, do people currently do it? <laughs> okay. So let let going back a few years. The argument, or one of the reasons, is that it gets you exposure. And I, I like that idea. You get in with the, supposedly get in with the crowd in a kind of networking way with the editors, the senior people, whoever. Maybe they'll know your name. I don't think that works because usually it's anonymous. So, like, <laughs> here's, right. here's, here's my free labor. Maybe I'm being overly cynical, but I'm not sure that argument works. Um, I don't. I don't think I've heard anyone say, "Yeah, I totally got this like career opportunity because of this review I did at this journal." I don't think I like. I don't think that exists. Or if anything, that is not a reliable no. pathway to the top. I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, so there are ways of recording that. reviews. Um, the most basic way that I, th- I think is a really nice minimum is to just list the journals that you've reviewed for on CV. So you can point out, well, I've, I've been invited. I've kind of part of this community. I do, uh, yeah, co- collegial activities around supporting other research and putting back into the system. I think that's quite nice. You, you get a list. It doesn't have too many numbers attached <laughs> to no. it. Um, so it's, it's not too metricized. Is that word? Metricized? Sure. Uh, More yeah. recently... Um, in fact, actually, since 2012, I dug, I dug out some info on this. Uh, a platform called called Publons appeared. Yes, um, and so. within the open science sphere, it was a really it was bandied as a really nice way of having recording your peer reviews. Partly because it's uh, 
not audited, but kind of managed. You, it relies on your kind of recognition of review email or a partnership with a journal, with PubLongs itself. So there's kind of validation of the rev- reviews that you've done. You can't quite turn around and say, I've done 200 reviews. I'm the shit. It actually <laughs> kind of tracks tra- tracks something. Um, however, 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 yes, Publons, how do I put this delicately? No, please don't. Let's just just rip the band-aid off. This episode, everyone, is us going, saying how how disillusioned and upset we are with with Publons as of this current moment. (laughs) Uh, So in many ways, to me, this is a, a bit of a warning for us relying on services that are closed that are owned by for-profit people that we know already mm. collect mm. and sell in this data. Um, yeah, let's... However, and, and again, the same can happen with so many other platforms. Um, yeah, let's let's rewind. So, so, so yeah. we have Publons, and Publons is this system that allows users to have their reviews verified by an independent party um, through forwarding their thank you emails for the reviews, as well as through partnerships with journals themselves, where they can pass on that they've, uh, that you've completed the review. And then, so you have a list and a record and there was some really nice stuff. Um, there were like stats on your review to publication ratio. Um, you know, there's some standards people are like, yes, at least two or at least three or so on and so forth. And then you have a list of your reviews. Um, and how many reviews you've done and stats on the last 12 months. All great stuff. But what happened recently, Sam? Well, actually less recently than, <laughs> than I realized. Again, the, the, this, like, the, the detail is really easy to, to lose. But in, mm. in 2019, they quote-unquote integrated with Web of Science, which I'm going to interpret as was bought by. But do what you will <laughs> with that privilege. Uh, um, and a couple of months ago, in fact, only in August, they, they moved the platform, uh, the Publons platform entirely onto Web of Science. Under the auspice of uh, our users have suggested strongly that these platforms should be integrated for a better user experience. I'd love to see anybody that actually suggested <laughs> that based on the user experience we'll, describe, <laughs> we'll yeah, get to later. And also based on the Twitter reaction to this move, which was like, what happened to my Poblons? What just happened? We've lost everything, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it's it wasn't a smooth transition. So, so my experience like, last week, I submitted a review. Um, it actually was one of the journals that was partnered with Poblons, so it automatically went through. I got an email saying it's been added. I actually thought exactly as Will suggested. I can't remember how many reviews I've done relative to number of papers so i thought i'd just have a check sometimes it's nice to sort of ground yourself in knowing how much you're asking of the system in terms of review and how much you're giving back and i was met with a uh publons is no longer on this on this site you'll be redirected to web of science yes it's no longer on its own domain which above where it was previously we could just click in log in and see all your stuff now it's moved to this 
No, that, that could platform. be fine. <laughs> if, if it was a better platform, if it was a more accessible platform, great. I couldn't log in for it. It took me an hour to figure out how to log in because mm-hmm. my account was connected through Orchid. Mm-hmm. Orchid is an amazing thing we've described before. It's a centralized way of uh, having all of your kind of academic profile in one place and being able to connect that ID to other uh, systems. It's also really good for things like name changes. Um, and things like that. So you have a an ID that's attached to you rather than a name, for example, that could change um, and institutions that change and so on. So I couldn't log on with that. I couldn't log on with the, any of the emails that were supposed to be <laughs> attached to this account. Somehow, I stumbled across this backdoor entry of uh, you have an account, but you don't have a password. No idea where that happened there. Sure. I assume it's because maybe I I've tried to log on to Web of Science at some point. So it's not a Publons account, it's a Web of Science account. That's mm. confused things. Managed to log on. Thoroughly disappointed <laughs> almost <laughs> immediately. Um so I guess t- taking a step back, one of the nice things about Publons was that it was a a dedicated platform for recording verified peer reviews. Now, that's important if the thing that we're interested in is <laughs> verified peer reviews. However, in the Web of Science, it goes into your overall profile. So the thing that's up front is your publication record, citation count, h-index, all, all the fun stuff that we know is by far the most important thing. Or, that or the very... The very rigorous metrics that are, you know, reproducible and reflect, you know, researchers' worth and value and definitely is not a product of Web of Science and their parent company, Clarivate, who also push journal impact factors we are, which are also another metric that are rigorously measured and used to evaluate uh, journals for yes. their quality. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, let it be known, reproducibility sponsors all... <laughs> Uh, impact factor metrics. Um, so you can find your your review record. Great. But it's a bit more hidden now. It's not the first yes. thing that you find. You kind of have to go through a few different tabs. And it's it's less complete, for one thing. So you, you can't access or you can't view the kind of review level data. So... Whereas in the in Publons before, you could kind of say, well, I've got these four reviews for this journal. Here's the title of each paper. Like you could get at quite a granular level. Now, uh, so I have a dozen or so references for one journal. Click on it, thinking I'm going to get a list. No, 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 no. I get a, a summary of that journal and its impact factor. <laughs> Uh, good, Love great. That, that, thanks for uh, yes. Th- thanks for that ad- added information that I did not ask for. Yes, thank and you is for, not useful for. No, thank you a for review platform. Thank you for advertising your product to me, which is not the information that I clearly use your platform to record and to access. So, um, yeah, great, great start. Good, yeah, good, good, yeah. good, good impression from the beginning. Um, and let's also so to to tie into that. Publons, as far as I'm aware, unless you had aspects of your profile that you chose to keep private, which I think was possible for some things, 
basically your whole record uh, of review was there. You could look at your like papers and stuff, but that always felt like an add-on. Now mm. it's the opposite way, right? It's your citations, your impact factors, or the general impact factors related to those articles. Um, and then it's peer review kind of underneath the rubble away yeah and underneath everything else but the the added layer to that is that publons you could just view whereas web of science seems to have this kind of tiered membership uh (sighs) system as well so my my first impression was oh i have to be a member to even look at my own profile that's (laughs) um (laughs) and and i guess in some way maybe maybe i am a member by having a profile i don't quite know how that works but but again, it, it speaks to this, it feels like it's shifted even more into we own this stuff rather than we're kind of helping to share it. And that was kind of always the, the case because it's a for-profit company. But now it just, at least by some of the reactions on Twitter, by people who were probably quite happy with the service before, is very much that it's kind of dead to them now which i think People, is a shame uh, because yeah. this was as um i'll, I'll let we'll, we'll have a turn in a second um i don't I think need this a turn a, i can have i can happily listen <laughs> i think this is a shame because we've we've talked and williams wrote about this and we've talked in across a number of these podcasts either specifically us or other members of our little crew that one of the things that's sorely missing is recognition for basically non-journal article kind of research-based activities. And this was one that, theoretically at least, there was a way to, to kind of say, hey, look, I'm, I do lots of reviews. I'm part of this community. I, I do stuff. And now it's not gone, but it's a lot more hidden and it's a lot less about the thing that you want to share. So overall, it's quite just disappointing. Yeah. Ab- yeah. I. It's a, a, absolutely the same experience for me. Like, it feels hidden underneath. It's attached to uh, your researcher profile with publications first and foremost. And yeah, it really feels like it's now part of this for-profit metric gathering thing that's not working towards the benefits of scientists whereas i feel like poblons felt like a little more grassroots grounds up kind of like we're doing this because we see this as a service that is needed among scientists and now it seems more a bit like no it's now another mm. product um or at least if it it could have been used like that even if it sort of was still a for-profit right. company and stuff it, it felt like the users could use it in that way and now that is very much gone yeah at least at least in any detail um uh, yeah so yeah. not to mention not to mention the platform is awful <laughs> like, yeah the, the if, UX. if the user experience <laughs> is good i'd probably not care is that's also part of it like they were already trying to take our data to sell it. So like, like if, if suddenly it went to a different platform, but somehow that platform was better, I kind of wouldn't care. Like it's already in that big bucket of not ideal 
but still maybe overall has a net benefit. Whereas now it just feels like no one's going to use. Like in, in a sensible way, because it's so unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that I've got a, about a 50% success of just logging in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, they, the trans, transition was definitely buggy. Um, they're forcing people into Web of Science accounts now. They're obscuring all the review data and making it harder to access and also not making it the forefront of profiles. And also, it feels like it's not searchable anymore. And it also does not feel like something that could be, that is valued by scientists for scientists to, you know, further themselves and just like sort of advertise themselves. It now seems just like another product. Um, if there was one thing I'm upset with Poblons about, I mean, I was a fan of Poblons and I saw, like, I guess the one thing that was missing was that um, there was never like an extra tier where people made decisions based on those metrics, at least or not, not that I'm aware of. Like people didn't, um, let's say, look at pub, people's Poblons profiles for promotion and tenure criteria to say, oh, this your faculty are actually completing enough reviews as service to um, the scientific enterprise, right? There was none of that, like, sort of... um, I think it could have been used, but it would have been one of those, like, other categories, right? Rather than kind of the key contributions that are looked at. Or it's 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 almost like personal accountability, record-keeping platform right. that makes it easier to keep track of your own like i'm, I'm gonna start just having a spreadsheet <laughs> of right. the reviews that i do right. to replace this entirely but that also made that side of things easier so you could say i've, I've right. done this many the yeah the record keeping yeah. part of it was yeah. definitely much easier um and you know what i feel like this is almost a watershed moment like okay we know people are upset Maybe let's not use Publots, okay? Maybe let's not rely on this record-keeping app, I guess, for getting credit for peer review. Let's actually value peer review somehow. And I think the way towards that is moving towards open peer review. And the reason I think that's the case is if you have open peer review, you bring transparency to the process so you can actually evaluate the review and then you can see who did the review and who did the quality review. So if you recognize, if people start to recognize that the review process is part, is a significant uh, scientific contribution, uh, you can then like even making like reviews citable or just anything like that, um, then yeah, then you you have it right there. You can then start to build metrics or measures on top of that if you want. One way I would suggest is using credit, right? Expanding the credit roles, so credit being the contributor roles taxonomy, um, where you have the 14 roles for research contributions. Imagine a world where, for example, um, editors can actually add uh, reviewers to those contributions, to those contributor roles. If you have a reviewer check the software and they review it for its reproducibility and its rigor, 
then you can add the reviewer onto the contributions list, onto the contributors. Um, yeah, so just in that little example alone, now you can see someone actually getting credit for their review rather than just counting and collecting the numbers of review. I mean, that's a stat that's helpful and useful, but now we're actually working towards a system that incentivizes quality peer review and incentivizes doing the review. And perhaps you can snowball it into having specialists, like people recognized for their special specialization in a certain type of review, like software review, data review, or like extending this to registered reports, people who uh, review in phase one to ensure the rig of the design, they can have their design and uh, uh, be credited in the methodology um, contributor role. So there's so much that, uh, there's a system that we can build here, there's alternatives. So maybe this is a perfect time because of um, the absolute mess and chaos that Publons has launched into itself, <laughs> that we just, okay, Tear it, tear it all down and re like build a better system, right? And rebuild. So maybe this is a great time as a call of action, call to action for all of us to be like, yeah, screw that system. Uh, <laughs> big, big fuck you to Clarivate and big fuck you to websites. Let's let's <laughs> let's do this better. <laughs> uh, so we rant on that, Sam. No, thoughts? No, I, I I enjoyed that. So maybe. Maybe it's worth quickly taking a step back into, I have a few thoughts, but just for, for clarity, I guess what you're talking about is open and signed review, mm. I assume, because if people yes. are wanting credit for doing reviews, they kind of need to have their name attached to it. Um, so I think that's... I think that's useful, but I think just in the context of that discussion, it's always worth, and I find myself bringing it up a bit too often because people end up talking past each other, that mm -hmm. open doesn't necessarily mean signed um, yes. in the context of open reviews. So one of the most common critiques or kind of pushbacks against open review is the idea of having reviewer anonymity. Now, it might not be entirely possible just by not including a name on it um, because of writing styles, who's in the field, etc., etc. But it is possible <laughs> to, share, <laughs> to share reviews in a more anonymous way. Um, just, I, I feel like it's a slightly pedantic point, but also that some of the debates that I've seen around the benefits and cons of open review sort of assume, sometimes assume signed and sometimes assume not. So it just really quickly ends up talking past each other. Um, right. I I like the idea of signed assuming all the benefits that you're talking about. Um, but I also don't think that forcing signed, or I think we could get some of the benefits at least from having journals having to share reviews, even if it's anonymous. But I guess part of the discussion comes from who who do we want to benefit from mm -hmm. open review? If we want it to be the kind of scientific method and being able to assess 
um, articles on that level. Maybe we don't need the reviews to be signed, but seeing the full process is useful. Um, however, if it's for kind of reviewer recognition, then you sort of have to have <laughs> it yeah. has to be signed so, to be able to get that. Um, but it's I, I guess it's also worth mentioning as well that a, an understandable pushback against signing reviews is that it potentially, depending on fields, uh, depending on groups, depending on how much of an asshole the senior researcher is on a paper, um, it is possible, as in all things, that there could be negative consequences to uh, having your name attached to reviews. And as we've, as actually uh, yourself, Will, and Sarah talked about in a in a previous episode, whether it will be the last one or whether it will be a few episodes back, I'm not sure, um, <laughs> at this point of recording. Um, you made the, the nice point that it's typically those that are the most or in the most of a kind of minority disadvantaged position that are most likely to be the most negative <laughs> impacted by any of these, any of these things. Um, so kind of when, when we talk about the benefits, it's also worth having that kind of balance and sort of yes. see where we think the, the balance should be, should be struck, but then also kind of having that autonomy on the, the reviewer as well, um, because this could also be the case that those that with those that with the most privilege, for example, I always sign my reviews just because I think one of my first papers, both reviewers signed it. I like the idea of openness. I did it for my next one, and then it sort of felt like, well, I've made that decision now, okay. so I'm going to stick cross with that threshold. Cross that threshold. Yeah. yeah, and and part of my argument for doing that is. If anyone should do it, it kind of should be the most privileged mm -hmm. in a way because hopefully they can kind of normalize it so that yeah, just so that it's, it's normalized and hopefully that means less retribution. Retribution. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So I think, like, I totally agree that. Of course, uh, the, when I just presented it just now, I was, it was utopic. There's obviously going to be some hiccups and some challenges to the system. But I also think what's, uh, so that's, what's useful to bring up is the current system, right? The, mm. And let's like do an opportunity cost sort of um, analysis. Like what is the status quo and what is the alternative that I'm proposing? The status quo right now is that we make peer reviewers are not recognized at all. That, I'm discounting problems. That's not recognition anymore. That, well, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, let's, just, let's just trash problems at every moment in this episode possible. Um, so right now, so it's a billion dollar donation to scientific publishing companies because reviewers don't get paid for that work. And despite, you know, upholding the whole rigor of the scientific system. And so that's bad. Um, currently, we know people probably game the system. So people probably um, are in cahoots with the editor, may be able to get favorable reviews from their in-network, you know, friends, peers. So um, 
and yeah and we know and we everyone uh has like there's always like a paper every other day or every other week that people are like how the heck did this guest get through peer review um and we don't we don't know no one knows we can maybe figure out the action editor and like ask questions and email but you know um journals uh can uh stonewall any attempts to figure out what happened right you have some editors who may be a little bit less principled and also be part of this right so that's bad right i'm I'm just i'm just ranting about journals now this is this is great um but anyway my initial point is the status quo is it's not good for anyone right it's not good for the rulers because they don't get paid they don't mm. get recognized it's not good because it's not transparent so we can't actually evaluate the reviews and then we can't actually see who is doing the good reviews like we can with publons we could at least count how many people are doing the reviews and say oh this person is doing their fair share of the work in terms in terms of publication to review ratio let's say but now we can't <laughs> now we don't even have that um so okay that's the current system with a new system like open i'm saying new but like with open peer review like plus one already does stuff like this and i think others like elife and so on and so forth um with open peer review you can actually read the reviews and evaluate them um i think it's just a matter of um integrating that into our incentive and metric systems which is why i'm pushing for you know credit and sort of these ideas like going beyond simple collecting uh uh reviewer numbers or collecting like ticking off things ticking off lists like actually using this to uh, like reward people for doing good work mm-hmm. um and that's how we change the system you know uh like if it's not changing the values of the people and the players in it it's changing the incentives and i think this like open peer review open being having it transparent uh is one step in the in the process and then the next step beyond that is having people sign it um having people's names attached to their reviews to bring credibility to that process i agree that there is um more of a chance uh there is a chance that um you know there's retribution and uh so on and so forth but i think with transparency you can offset that retribution and protect people from that retribution by saying if take an example where someone signs their review and it's received unfavorably um and then you have the receipts to sort of say hey this was my review and um you can have it open to judge whether the review was you know an asshole review let's say or was an unfair review or whether it was the reaction that was completely unjustified or whether the editor's action was completely unjustified now now this now this receipts now this protection um so that's sort of my my stance on things uh and also with publons going to to trash now it's maybe a good chance for um all of us to suddenly go okay look this has happened we don't feel good anymore about this let's actually do something about it I mean, what would be nice is there's definitely a few case sort of case study journals for this kind of thing. So the first one that comes to mind is uh, meta psychology, where 
they basically everything's open. So the the paper goes online as a preprint when it's mm -hmm. submitted or before, depending on what the author does. That's given a link to uh, Hypothesis, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I'm not exactly sure how it works, but essentially allows you to make comments on uh, papers on archive platforms. Cover that in a, another thing when I understand it. Um, <laughs> but then the uh, the man, like the manuscripts, the revision, the revised manuscripts, the uh, reviews signed um, all go into uh, an OSF archive around the paper. So it's all kind of shared and collated around the review process. Yeah. So you can see everything, <laughs> yeah, which awesome. which is really nice. And I know there's I'm going to have to find out which journal it is because I have done a review for it, um, where they kind of compile the reviews into a separate document that itself is DOI. So it kind of becomes its own, I guess, research output of its own right. Right. Um, and gives that kind of openness and credence to the work that was done by the editors and the reviewers in that process. Um, I like it. I, I can see the biggest barrier I can see to this. I don't actually think that the barrier would be this could harm people because academia already does tons of things that harms people and ex yeah. uh, accentuates existing inequalities. Um, I think the biggest barrier is going to be that the journals that most need this kind of openness are also going to be the ones that are the shittiest. Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly, because if if as an editor you know that the per your for your purpose the reviews are fuck it that one was nice that one was mean that third one was kind of on the fence flip a coin publish. Or kind of bean counting, we had two good reviews, one bad review publish, which is how it operates sometimes, right? Or um, or actually, I reviewed for a paper that I think about three days after I submitted my review, it was online. Um, because it was it was just kind of rushed through the process. And I actually got an email from the, the author to kind of say, yeah, thanks for your comments. We didn't even get a chance to like do anything about, about them. Um, Great, lovely, excellent. Love um, hearing. And like, we we were happy yeah. that it's going to be published, but also like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but as exactly as you say, if if things are out in the open, then it it makes that process simpler. And as much as I like the idea of post publication review, I think the, the challenge is even bigger there in that it's not already part of the system. Mm -hmm. So it would require, I think, bigger buy-in to make it work. Like, I'd happily see the end of journals, personally. <laughs> just just yes. scrap scrap that system. Preprints is great. We still need some form of peer review, but the journal-based peer review, is that quality control? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely more cynical on this <laughs> on this than I think so. I mean, others are. Shout out to some initiatives that are also looking at this and trying to uh, do this, which is like, for example, pre-review. 
it's like a journal club for reviewing preprints. So PRE review. Um, there's also, uh, I'm reminded of um, Saloni Detani's uh, article in Works in Progress magazine, which I think everyone should subscribe to, uh, writing about how open peer review, well, peer review has not actually been tried, you know, like um, we have never really tried a system where we could, where it's just out in the public and everyone is able to just sort of have at it <laughs> for, for uh, an unappealing way to describe that process. Um, but yeah, so there are initiatives that are looking into that. Maybe the places of journals have to be changed. There is, I think, you know, value in organizing the work and making it, you know, searchable and accessible in sort of modules. But yeah, it seems like the journals need to keep uh you know we're after them they're there's they should stop being rent-seeking companies you know like they you know it's time for a change i think um in this regard long due change maybe um and yeah you know again i think this highlights uh something about the who um so we have you know for-profit companies running um, these sci- these prestigious scientific journals and they don't seem to be working towards the same goals as scientists, the people who very much consume and, you know, depend on their venues. Uh, same thing with Web of Science and Clarivate and how they've co-opted Publons. Doesn't, their for-profit analytics company doesn't feel like that they're trying to their values are aligned with scientists as a whole. So again, this doesn't seem like a viable venue for um, us. So it feels like scientists have to do the work and rebuild and look towards alternatives. And they're there. They're possible. It's just a matter of, um, uh, you know, investing them and like taking a bit of a risk, I guess, um, you know, of course, there's the people who are most privileged and are most able to take the risks. But I think in this case, it's the people who are most privileged who need to recognize that they're um, gaining from a system that is inequitable, unsustainable, and uh, just generally bad, <laughs> and push to reform the system to something that's better and something that we can reason that is more equitable and you know more aligned with our values as scientists that's all i ask you know (laughs) pretty straightforward (laughs) request and kind of very much as you and sarah brought up in a previous episode kind of there's little things that we can all do in that regard like we we can be selective about the journals that we review for and submit to I know there's constraints in some fields. You have to have a paper in X journal as a kind of unofficial, if you don't have it, you're probably not getting hired kind of silliness. But again, (sighs) as you have more and more privilege, you can not do that stuff. You can choose to publish in uh, your Diamond Open Access journal. You can choose to go for journals like Metapsychology that are free (laughs) at all points. But again, take the the volunteer time and the kind of volunteered labor to get them working. 
you can if you choose to. You can sign your reviews. I'm less certain about whether you can make them open if the journal doesn't already have that policy. And I've, there's some really interesting discussions about kind of whether sharing reviews, if it's not via the journal, is okay. So there's been a few cases where folk have shared, mm. like, this paper should not have been published. Here's my review pointing out why, which could feel kind of weirdly retribution-y, but also could be the, the editorial process was awful and some kind of openness is needed. Right. But there's also, I think, some ambiguity and confusion about what can be open in, in the review process um, and what you kind of at least implicitly agree to when you agree to review a paper. Um, so I'm not sure what can be got away with. Right. What can be got away with there. Um, but then also what, what difference is there between it being a post-peer like post-publication review if it's if the paper hasn't been changed <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's just to say there's little things that i think we can all do in terms yeah. of where we want to publish where we try where we choose to review um, yeah absolutely uh applying credit the again the contributor role taxonomy the credit model to your papers to redistribute the reviews and perhaps thinking about how we can expand and normalize that model to now recognize contributions rather than um, just these like authorship products, these mm. publications at the end, right? And is that um, something that you're thinking about trying to do in your journal or? We, yeah, we already have credit. And so my journal, Journal for Reproducibility in Neuroscience. And sorry, as in for the reviews, you were talking about a kind of yeah. recognition for... Yeah. Parts so, of review. uh, in part of our journal, we in our journal we already have the public review summaries published. So part of the reviewers write this paragraph talking about their review and what they think of the paper, and that gets published along with the journal. And our journal is on online, so it's all on one web page. <laughs> um, so pretty straightforward to access, straightforward to look at. And yeah, it'd be nice to have. Um, it's an idea that we're floating at the moment just to see if we can do it. Uh, it seems pretty straightforward, honestly. But if we can, yeah, do a, have like a reviewer contributions, like a reviewer credit and see like they recognize that these reviewers, you know, actually checked the code or actually checked the data and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's in discussion at uh, my journal at the moment. I think it's a pretty good idea. Um, it I, does I think it's a really nice idea. I can imagine it being adding an extra layer of complication to finding reviewers. Really? Um, well, sure, if you want to like, tick it, off each of the like roles, right? I um, mean, it, it depends what roles, I guess, as well. And, and, and which, which aspects you decide to, I guess, mandate, for want of a better word. So if, if you want yes. even a, a content and a statistics review, for example, if <laughs> it depends on the fair, field. Yeah, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. That's an issue. I, I think it's. I think it's worth doing. I. I can imagine that being the. But then I, I. I'm often the one that does the opposite and sort of says I. I can comment on the, the method and the, like the results. But this isn't my content area. So. Right. You will have to rely on. 
and your domain knowledge and the reviewer's knowledge. And that's just me being awkward and honest. <laughs> no, but like how, how often does that happen? How often do editors actually like, oh, like, okay, that's covered. We haven't covered this bit of the paper. Like how often does that happen? Um, and right at, at another problem at the moment, um, reviews are taking ages. This is a, like a labor problem. Like, you know, month, papers are taking months to review. There's uh, people are far overproducing scientific papers uh, because they are incentivized to do so, and there's no um, incentive to do the reviews, and so and also postdocs are a bit being fed up and be like, I don't want to be in academia anymore. Why am I going to do reviews? Um, so then there's now just a lack of reviewers and reviewing happening, right? Um, everyone's feeling that. Everyone is feeling yeah. that that um, force in play. So to that point of it's going to be harder to find reviewers. It's already hard. <laughs> it's already bad. And I'm simply proposing that by crediting the reviewers, people may actually start to be incentivized to do a review and be like, oh, I'm actually going to get recognized for the work I'm doing. Um, and then from there, you can start to build specialist reviewer roles or, you know. Um, and it would be nice like to, I, this is kind of a, a little extension, but as part of that, reducing or ideally reducing burden on the system open review depends when it's shared um mm -hmm. etc i assume it would only be shared for published papers which might make this harder but some journals have like a shared review system so that new submissions can kind of see the previous reviews yes and i think that's really important because the number of times that you see folk that have said something along the lines of it took us six tries or six journals but we finally got it published and sometimes it might just be it was a bad fit the editor the editor sure. did a good thing and said this isn't right for this journal here's a few things you could do maybe send it here that's great as opposed to sending out for review knowing that it's steaming garbage <laughs> and um so you see, you're laughing, but I know you've reviewed yes. awful papers that you wonder, like, like I'm, I, I'm not, not begrudging or being no. like wanting to say anything bad about the authors themselves. Just this isn't publishable. It's not, it's not right. strong work, and I, it would need so much to improve it that if the editor had read it, it wouldn't have gone out for review. Right. So they they'd have saved themselves time. They'd have saved reviewer time that have saved another cycle. Right. And also that if those reviews went into, in some way, <laughs> were attached to the paper or could be included in a submission, like that would be nice as well. If I, if I was able as an author, more able at least, to with my cover letter, say like, here's the round of previous reviews. I've, I've, done these things to address it i understand it's going to need to go probably going to need to go through actual review at this journal but these are the ways that it's improved because that might also justify some really important decisions right like doing that feels like there's, there's loads of little things <laughs> just it's funny because the like situation you just described i'm in right now i reviewed a manuscript at one journal and then it uh made suggestions and so on and so forth it got rejected got the review request for the exact same paper at a different journal. And I messaged the action editors being like, 
I uh, reviewed this at another journal. Is it okay if I review it again here? And I'll include my previous reviews. And like, thankfully, I read the manuscript and they the credit to the authors, they did address my reviews and then resubmit to the journal. Not, Sweet. oh, we got a bad set of reviews. Let's re resubmit again. So, yeah. and But it was like, oh, there's no communication between these journals. The only time there's that communication is like when it's within um, publisher, like, you know, um, yeah sent this is it's it's not welcome at all uh um what do you call it like our a main journal like our front-facing journal but it's it's welcome at these like subsidiary secondary <laughs> journals that's still part of our publishing system that we're still going to profit yep. from your paper from and you know um so uh yeah just like efficiencies need to be built into the system to just improve it overall as well it's all it's going to be better for science like i've been talking a lot about how it's going to benefit us as scientists and people but it's really going to just make progress in science a lot faster and better in my yeah. opinion um and just remove yeah remove a lot of these frustrations that we just have to go through to deal with this like frustrations with problems deciding to shoot itself in the foot and move move itself to another system that no one wants to use like ah oh, jeez jeez indeed i mean and again there's lots of ways that it's bad but there's also lots of power that we potentially have to sort of do good yes. things or at least to not contribute to the problem like if if you have a paper that's slammed so badly that like if you read it you would know it's awful if it had someone else's name on it maybe edit it before you resubmit to another journal and hope that the review process is easier yeah maybe review in a kind of journal blind way yeah as opposed to oh this this is my favorite journal i'm gonna do super hardcore review here oh this is a quote-unquote low-tier journal uh it's okay i won't because I won't do a strong uh, review here. Like you're that? part of the problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I realize that we've gone off on about eight hundred different tangential rants, but there's there's so many little things like this that we all have very similar gripes. And as supposedly intelligent, rational, highly educated people, we should be in the strongest position to say, okay, th these are the inefficiencies. At the very least, inefficiencies, let, let alone inequalities and kind of ways that we make things worse for people. Mm -hmm. We can we can contribute. <laughs> we, we can do things. We can make this better. Like, we got this. Like, let's do it. <laughs> um, and if anyone out there wants to make, spend some time on an open source <laughs> ripoff of Publons <laughs> uh, in its nice form, um, that, that would be great. Too. That would be a huge service. It is something I, I I think a few people at SIPS could get together and put together the equivalent of like a shiny app mm -hmm. where you could plug in, like you'd still have to manually plug in all your papers so it wouldn't have the validation side of things. But it could be one of those things that you, you get out your numbers, you get out your stats, you can kind of check out all the nice stuff that is actually useful right you can track when you've done reviews you can see like what you're putting into the system as well as taking out again looking at you we submitted this to six places but didn't change the paper once um <laughs> folk 
Um, I know you're out there. Um, if you're listening to this, it might not be the right crowd. Uh, oh, some self-awareness. Um, yeah, I think I always kind of come back to that. There's, we We talk about the current system and how it's bad, but then we also contribute in so many different ways. And it is and possible to be mind, mindful about those ways. Yes, absolutely. And we have, with that, pockets of power which, which, which we can use to influence the system and which we can use to improve the system. We've mentioned a few ways already. Um, and the, pre, yeah. the pre-review is a really nice like a really nice idea for groups and it's also one that if you're in one of the reproducibility journal clubs you could do that as like a say once a term thing right grab a preprint can write a group review it'd actually be a really nice activity to do together take a little bit of organization but that could also be a way that as journal clubs we can yeah and we can contribute to the system train add training of peer review to for early career researchers so then graduate students postdocs learn how to do a high quality rigorous review do a collaborative review as well and also um just uh you know understand the system a bit more about how what goes into the editorial process which currently is not happening and also just to encourage kindness in review and like ensure people don't go off the rails and take uh smash everything with a hammer you know uh yeah and so if you want to organize one of those pre-review journal clubs you or you're interested in starting a community around open science and open scholarship at your local institution you might want to consider the reproducibility journal club if you want to find out more about how to start it we've got starter resources and so on and so forth go to uh reproducibility so R E P R O D U C I B I L I T E A dot org. Uh, yeah, take it away, Jan, in your outro. Bye, everyone. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Thank you, Will. You listen to Reproducibility Season Two, Episode Eleven. Puck Fablons. This episode was hosted by William Niam and Sam Parsons, who are at Will underscore Niam and at Sam underscore D underscore Parsons on Twitter. This episode was edited by Jan Forner and produced by Sam Parsons and William Niam. For more information, I mean, I guess you could go to publons.com, I think, but you can definitely go to reproducibility.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.